fixed them the day before, <laughs> which is always so much easier.
shoulders, clap their hands, let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth.
sermon text is from Psalm 32, verses 1 through 2. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and whose spirit there is no deceit. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. With the beginning of Psalm 100, with the beginning of Psalm 132, the first psalm in your white sheet. It says, Lord, remember David and all his afflictions. Well, the Davidic king had many afflictions. If we speak of the bringing of the forgiveness of sins by the prophet Nathan to David as the Example, the great exemplar of the pastor who comes bringing uh, the words of law and gospel. Particularly, we see uh, the uh, pronouncement. So, also then in David, if we're going to talk about confession, we're going to hold up David as the exemplar, the one who, having fallen into sin, uh, does indeed speak of his confession. Um, we see him as the example, the great exemplar uh, of that. Well, in connection with that, uh, Psalm 132 speaks of David's afflictions. Well, he was not uh, without those. Some of those afflictions were the result of the faithful confession of Christ, his devotion to God, and there were many that were, well, wanting to put the Christ down and did not desire to uh, hold up all of that. Some of these afflictions 
came as a result of his fall into sin. And thus it was the chastisement of God which brought upon him a guilty conscience as well as uh, the troubles that uh, resulted in, in his kingdom. And some of the afflictions are the result of the chastisement of God that comes after the forgiveness of sins as he, uh, in, in rejoicing in the forgiveness that he has, vows to build God a house and vows to uh, make sacrifices of praise and live as a Christian, and yet even then, the afflictions that come upon him. And so we see a man who, yes, remember, uh, Lord, the many afflictions of David. So Nathan announces to David the forgiveness of sins. We take a look at the Psalms. Psalm 6, Psalm 38 David is sick in body and soul. He is praying for forgiveness, uh, and he is uh, uh, burdened underneath the heavy hand of God. But God's motive in chastisement is not always his wrath. God's chastisement can also flow from his love and from his design, and his design to purify man uh, from his sin. So we begin to see in Psalm 51, this occurs after Nathan has already pronounced forgiveness. And yet, from that point of forgiveness, there appears to be about a year in which David, though a little more calm and cheerful, uh, nevertheless, he is struggling. He is struggling after having heard the forgiveness of sins, after confessing his sin. He is struggling to uh, gain an inward and conscious certainty of the forgiveness of sins. Um, he is still struggling with uh, this conscience and, and the result of his sin. That is with Psalm 51. By the time we get to Psalm 32, we see that this struggle has uh, been released. And so he begins to speak of the things of which he asked God for with Psalm 51. Psalm 32, David confesses, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So to say, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, is to say the opposite of no one is blessed. <laughs> no one is blessed apart from the forgiveness of sins. Except the man who has his iniquity forgiven, we can refer to him as blessed. No one is blessed unless his sin has been covered. Yes, the iniquities of man are his wickedness and his evil desires. The sin is that transgression which goes against the will and the law of God. And thus we learn, as David professes, that every one of us has iniquities. And each one of us is a child deserving of the wrath of God. And of our natural inclinations, none of us is blessed. Each and every one is to have his sins forgiven if he desires to be among the ones who are described as blessed. And thus salvation, the state of being blessed, is a gift. It's a gift that's received through faith, the announcement of the forgiveness as we saw with the prophet Nathan, and it is one which uh, that forgiveness has been purchased by Jesus Christ, the promised Savior. And so Nathan comes and says, what we need to know is that our sin is covered over by the announcement of forgiveness. So there's two things. If we're talking about confession, even as Luther says in small catechism, we need to be taught, first of all, what we do not know. What we do not know by nature, first of all, is that the wrath of God rests upon the children of men. Psalm 51, verse 5 through 6, as David acknowledges, wait a minute, there is something that is more basic than simply my sin. As he is struggling through his sin, it leads him to confess not 
actual sin, but his original sin, and says, this, this sin that I produce is, is, is not the only thing. It's not as if I'm a pretty good guy and I just have to quit this sinning. No, there is a fountain of sin called original sin from which all of this is, is spewed out. Psalm 51, verse 5 and 6. Behold, I was brought forth iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. So God is going to need to reveal to us that which we do not know by nature. He's going to need to teach us. And we see David in this year after his uh, uh, confession and forgiveness that he is beginning to be taught to learn about this. Second, we need to be taught what we also do not know by nature, which is the gospel. We need to be taught about God's love for us in Christ. That the, It's not the only word of law. There is a word of gospel that comes from God. How is this proclaimed? Well, in many ways. In uh, today's Old Testament, Isaiah 2.2, it's spoken in very picture language. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. This mountain of the Lord's house is none other than the church of the proclamation of the gospel and says, yes, there are other hills. Those are our sins. Of course, they are great and many. But this mountain will be established. This will rise above them. This gospel will trump any of the law and it will bring the nations to it. Yes, we're talking about the Gentiles that come to the church. In the second reading from Luke chapter 1, verse 31, it's announced, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he shall call his name Jesus. The announcement that there is a child who is one who saves, that he is the Savior, is a revelation from heaven through an angel to Mary to announce this gospel message which we would not know. When we get to St. Paul, the one who systematizes the faith, he makes it quite clear about these two things which are revealed. It's Romans chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. I'll, I'll read them through and then I want to come back. It says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So what Paul speaks of in Romans 1, 17 and 18, he actually speaks of the gospel being revealed first, and then, the, uh, uh, then he speaks of the, the law, which is uh, revealed, the wrath of God, which is revealed. Um, that's not the order of our salvation, but it, it, it's explained by Paul in these, in these ways. With this knowledge, with the revelation of God's law, the wrath of God from heaven, and the revelation of the righteousness of God from heaven, what do we have? Well, we have the whole knowledge that we need to know. We need to know, and that is what Nathan uh, professed uh, before David. It's by means of that that we make a confession of our sin and a confession of our faith. Psalm 32, verse 3. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all day long. So, at the end of this year, at the end of this teaching, David has learned, he says, the longer I kept it in, the longer that it groaned within me, it needs to come out. And so when we speak of confession, it's not simply something inside it's something that comes out of our mouth. It's something that God is revealing to us, teaching to us. He does it by means of his uh, preaching and teaching, as well as his chastisement. Sometimes the chastisement is uh, wrath in order to bring forth a, a confession of guilt. Sometimes it is a chastisement of, of love in which he wishes to bring forth from us the profession of our faith. But the way to forgiveness is paved by the sincere and unreserved confession of our sin. 
And with this confession, we place ourselves under the protection of the God who covers over our sins. It results that if I am holding my sin within me, if my bones waste within me, if I confess it out and speak it out, we see the joy in God, the fruits of the profession. We see the rejoicing which comes. And so, to return to Psalm 132, um, it is the only psalm that refers to the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of God. And so he talks about, let us go, let us go worship at his footstool, to your resting place, you and the Ark of your strength. And he talks about his desire to bring the Ark. And what did David do? He brings that Ark to Jerusalem. There he rejoices in uh, uh, receiving God and having him there that he might uh, uh, hear him and he might go to the, the house of God. In our uh, uh, responsory, Lord, I love the habitation of your house, the place where your glory dwells. That is none other than this ark of God coming, the place where God's glory dwells. Well, we have that as well. We have that in the Word and the sacraments. We have that in His church where God dwells and He provides for us. Amen. May the peace of God which passes us all understanding keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. The Benedictus is our canonical. It's on page 217. Please stand. Oh. Uh-huh.
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Grant, we beseech the Almighty God, that with the coming solemnity of our Lord's birth, to accomplish our redemption through thy word and sacrament, thou would strengthen our faith in Christ Jesus, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Lord, we beseech thee, give ear to our prayers and light the darkness of our hearts by thy gracious visitation, who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Shed your Holy Spirit upon your people, O Lord, and make ready our hearts this day to hear and keep your holy word. That in the communion of your congregation we may rightly sanctify your holy day, and through your word with all your saints come to eternal blessedness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty, everlasting to God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin and run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by your governance may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now.